and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. He is Paul Whittington. Say hello, Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. (laughs) You indeed are, Paul. Uh, If you missed our first hour, you missed a really good hour. Uh, Paul and I, we uh, talked about the Carolina Hurricanes. We talked about uh, this NASCAR All-Star weekend that has taken place up here in uh, North Wilkesboro. Paul and I, we are doing the show live. If it sound, I don't know if it sounds different, if it sounds the same, but we are doing the show live from, uh, well, we're technically in Gay Lakes, Virginia, but uh, we, we're, we're, in the, we're in the same uh, AO as, uh, as, uh, as North Wilkesboro. And I'm going to have to take your word for it because I have no clue where we're at. I love it. I love it. I love that you're trusting me with this. So, uh, we could be in West Virginia right now, and you really wouldn't know. I wouldn't would know you? it because you wouldn't let me follow uh, <laughs> Apple Maps last, last night. night. Yeah. It was telling me, "Go here, take a left here, take a right here," and <laughs> and you're and you're going, "Nope, just keep going straight. You don't need to follow your GPS. We don't don't. I know where I'm at." Yeah. Well, let me trust your maps. Well, you uh, you have to trust me. Wilkes County is my home. Northwestern North Carolina is, although we're in Virginia right now. <laughs> but guess who is on the line with us right now? Paul Whittington. Sounded like Alex Hayden a minute ago. The great Alex Hayden, longtime host, longtime anchor of Motor Racing Network, and we were very beyond honored. I told you this when I messaged you, Alex, that I can't think. I mean, this is just such an emotional weekend for me, having grown up in Wilkes County and having the race finally back here 27 years later, and the the, the icing on this cake, the cake, the cherry on this pie, whatever you want to say, is having the great Alex Hayden joining us from Motor Racing Network to help us uh, put a little more uh, specialness here to uh, this weekend. Alex, thank you so much for joining Paul and I here on the Brian Hanks Show. Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on the program again with you guys. Well, I, I tell you what, this is really going to be the Paul and Alex show. Paul is my uh, NASCAR expert. I can't wait for some stuff he's got for you. I'm going to throw you the softball question here, Alex, and just what does this mean to you as a, a longtime NASCAR fan? Not only are you a not NASCAR broadcaster, you're a NASCAR fan yourself. What does this mean to you to have the all-star race back here in Wilkes County uh, as part as part of the as part of the circuit now. Well, it, it's interesting. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Um, I, I think we need to get through the weekend first before I can really give you a solid answer on that. There's a lot of question marks about this weekend with the racing surface. Will it even hold up? Uh, there's some problems, and they've had problems all week with the racetrack. But you know, it, it's good for the sport. Um, you know, there, it's not without a ton of irony, though. I mean, obviously, you should know of all people the history of what's going on here when uh, when Bruton Smith purchased 50% of the racetrack back in the 90s. Uh, the Staley family, co-owners in, of North Wilkesboro, said don't sell the rest of it because Bruton's going to close the racetrack down and take our races away from it. So they sold their half to Bob Bear, who at the time owned New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Bob Bear, of course, sold out to, to Bruton Smith. Bruton, of course, closes North Wilkesboro. Now, the Smith family reopens North Wilkesboro and their heroes. So there's a lot of irony all of a sudden in this with the same family reopening the track, the same family that closed it. So I think it's, I think it's big. I think it's a different day. Uh, and I think people are, are, are going to embrace this this weekend. Um, it, it certainly is good. It's good for the sport to, to get back to a, a historic racetrack like North Wilkesboro. I was out at the Speedway yesterday spending some time tooling around, wandering the surface and, uh, taking a close look at it because they've had to put a lot of different patches on the racetrack this week from the late model racing, tearing up the racetrack. So uh, I, I'm, I'm fingers crossed that this is going to go off okay. But when we put the big heavy cars on and trucks on the track here this weekend, there's a lot of concern from a lot of drivers. Chase Elliott was very vocal about that as well earlier this week. Staying along the lines of uh, of North Wilkesboro, you know, Brian and I were talking at the top of the show. This really all started with Dell Jr. and and a weed eater back in November of 2019, and and since then, you know, Marcus Smith goes on the the Dell Jr. download and says, uh, you know, I haven't forgot about North Wilkesboro. And then the governor gets some some money put in the budget, and then it comes out on the schedule that we're going back here officially. Alex, was there a point in time in in all of this where? where you finally got to a place mentally, okay, this is happening. We're going racing again at North Wilkesboro. Well, yeah, I mean, um, obviously, once they, they put it on the schedule, then then yes. 
um, that that's when we thought, okay, it, it's going to happen. There's a lot of question marks surrounding it. Obviously, they raced here in 2010. Mm-hmm. Chase Elliott won a late model race here back in 2010. Ryan Blaney finished 14th in that race. So this was long before Dale Jr. The whole Dale Jr. with the, the weed eater and some of his buddies coming out here, they wanted this track on iRacing.com. And the only way they could scan it with the lasers is they had to take the weeds and stuff away to make sure it was a smooth racetrack for the lasers to put it uh, in, in digital. And, and that's what that was all about, just to get it where they could put it on iRacing.com. And that's when Dale finally got it to he and his buddies. Chris Busher was one of them that came out and helped out with that. Uh, came out and said, okay, the track's where it is. We got it scanned for iRacing.com. And that's when Marcus was like, okay, maybe since the track is somewhat cleaned up, we can see how this goes. Uh, they ran late model race there back in the fall of last year. And the plan from Marcus Smith was to tear the racetrack up and put dirt on it. And they were going to have a, a few dirt races on this track. But Dale Jr. convinced them not to do that last year after uh, the Cars Tour late model race. And, and Marcus said, okay, let's see what we can do. And it kind of, kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting story to kind of follow along to see how this came about. But again, the fans are going to support it this weekend. No question. So if it comes back next year, will the fans support it next year? Because, uh, quite honestly, that's part of the reason it went away is because fans stopped coming to North Wilkesboro Speedway. But fingers crossed that's not going to happen again. Absolutely. Hope it doesn't. Uh, hope, we're, hope we're able to stay here for, for quite a while. Alex, we're, we're officially halfway through the, the first half of the regular season. There's, there's a lot that's already happened. It started with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning the Daytona 500. Kyle Busch wins his second race with, with RCR. Uh, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman sideline for injury, and Josh Berry steps up in, in a big way as a, as a fill-in backup driver for them. And then the entire NASCAR world, if they didn't know before, they learned what hoodlovers were and all the uh, changes and modifications to, to the appeals process that were made. Is there a storyline from the first half that really really sticks out to you uh, that in retrospect you're going, man, I, I really didn't see that coming. Um, you know, as far as not seeing it coming, I, I think the biggest part of that in that, uh, in that directive is the fact that the, the number of different winners we have again this year, uh, we know what we had last year. It was incredible to see the number of different winners we had. Well, here we are this year with, with three drivers that have multiple wins, but we still have a good contingency of multiple winners. Um, so I, I think that's one of them I did not see coming because typically the, the big teams and, and, and the people that they have and the resources, that's going to come to the front at some point or another. Uh, I was on the, the, the bandwagon with a lot of people inside the sport that that was going to happen much sooner rather than later. So we didn't expect to see as many different winners as we have already this year. But believe me, it is a great thing to have for our sport. Oh, it absolutely is. Again, that voice, you know it. If you're a NASCAR fan, we have Alex Hayden this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Ross Chastain, our points leader at, at, at the break at the All-Star break here. We, you can't talk <laughs> about Darlington without talking about Ross Chastain and everything that happened with, with Kyle Larson. Uh, I guess the, the first half of this question, do you see that move as fair or foul? And then we heard from Justin Marks earlier this week uh, and him talking about the active role that he's going to take at Trackhouse to to help clean some of that up and, and help please some of that with with Ross. When when you hear those comments from Justin Marks, what what does that mean to you, Alex? Well, I'll start with the first part of your question. I thought it was totally fair. Uh, I thought it was a great move because the the restart prior to that, when Martin Truex Jr. went around that that put us under the caution, uh, Larson did the exact same thing to Chastain. He doored him and pushed him into the wall. So to me, it's, hey, what comes around goes around. Uh, Chastain has been a great story this year. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those that love to see guys race hard. I'm not all about guys just going out and riding around and making laps and waving somebody by on lap 50. That, that's, not, that's not getting it done for me. Uh, so I, I love the way Ross Chastain races. And I'll tell you, race fans do too, because at driver introductions, the fans will tell you point blank who their favorites are with the cheers or the boos or – the one-finger salutes, whatever the case may be. But Ross Chastain gets the the biggest cheers, and and he did at Darlington as well. So the fans are on board of Ross Chastain. Now, the second part of that, Justin Marks having to to simmer him down just a bit, I get where Justin Marks is on this. Because when your partner's with Chevrolet, and there is a pecking order, and at the top of that pecking order is Rick Hendrick, 
and and has been for decades with Chevrolet. When Rick Hendrick gets involved and says, okay, something's got to change here, and Chevrolet comes and has that difficult conversation with Justin Marks, Justin has no choice but to have that conversation. He supports his driver 100%. But, yeah, he said he's got to clean some things up, and he's already had that difficult conversation with Ross. Uh, that happened uh, very, very early in the week. Ross came here to North Wilkesmore, ran the late model race the other night. So, to me, it's it's I don't like to see that because Ross Chastain is a young gun. He's your points leader for a reason because he's good and he runs at the front of the field more times than not. Did they get together and wreck? Yeah, they were in a late race restart and he was trying to win the race. I don't want a driver that's going to move over and let somebody else win. And to me, that's the danger we're going down right now. We're trying to temper Ross Chastain in the fact that Look at in horse racing vernacular. It is so much easier to have a fast horse race that wants to get out and run, and, and it's easier to kind of tame them down just a bit as opposed to getting one to get up and go fast. And that's what Ross Chastain's a thoroughbred. He's ready to run every single lap. So you just got to pull the reins just a bit in on him because the bottom line is Trackhouse needs Chevrolet, and uh, they need that assistance and they need that support technically and the, certainly from the financial side of things, they need Chevrolet's financial support as well. So uh, it, it's it's something I understand, but it's not something I totally am on board with. Absolutely. Again, that voice you listen to, that's Alex Hayden from Motor Racing Network. He is our big interview here on the show this morning. As always, big interview is brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show with a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. Again, thank you to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. And again, let's jump right back to our big interview. It's Alex Hayden from Motor Racing Network. Alex, you mentioned uh, Ross Chastain, Trackhouse, they need Chevrolet. I thought for a very long time that uh, Jimmy Johnson needed Chevrolet, but but now Legacy <laughs> Motor Club is on their way to Toyota at the end of the season. That was one that, that I didn't really see coming, but to me that's, that's a great move because now you have that uh, maybe a, a little bit closer technical alliance with TRD than maybe what you have with, with Chevrolet. Do you, do you think this is a move that will significantly improve this team on, on a weekly basis? Without a doubt, without a doubt. I think it's a huge move. It was great. We, we were hearing rumblings about, and still do, about a new manufacturer or two coming into the sport in the near future. Uh, so we, we kind of figured as we were looking at the teams and talking to different people on different race teams and, and administrative roles that we knew there was going to be existing teams jumping ship. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's another one before too much longer that does the same. Uh, but it, the, the fact of the matter is, is, Jimmy Johnson, his driving career in NASCAR was all Chevrolet and won his seven championships, one of the greatest to ever do it. But Jimmy Johnson, the car owner, well, he's got to make decisions that's best for his race team to win races. And, and that means get to Chevrolet. I mentioned just, I mean, get away from Chevrolet and get to Toyota. I mentioned a moment ago the pecking order at Chevrolet and Rick Hendricks at the top. Richard Childress is right there towards the top as well. And it kind of goes downhill from there. And Legacy Motor Club, the team that Jimmy owns, is way down on the list, way down on the list. So they don't get as much information technically as the bigger Chevrolet teams do. You got to go somewhere where you're going to feel like you got a, a better chance to win races and a better chance to run at the front of the field. Toyota welcomed them with open arms, said, here's what we're going to do for you technically. Here's what we're going to do for you financially. It's a no-brainer. And Jimmy couldn't sign fast enough with the rest of that team. So uh, I think it's a great move. Now I think it's a matter of uh, just trying to get through this season because now with this move, Chevrolet's going to be hard-pressed to give them any kind of technical information before the rest of the year. So if you're an Eric Jones or Noah Gregson fan or, heck, even a Jimmy Johnson fan, uh, this year is going to be some slim pickings. It's going to be a rough rest of the year which naturally the follow-up question is, is okay, then why would they announce it as early as they did? Well, they did that, begin strategically, you have to get out in front of this. That way you can tell your sponsors and all your partners what's going on, here's what we expect, and we're going to be contenders and we're going to run at the front of the field 
And when you go try to sell Legacy Motor Club to potential new partners, you've got this in your hip pocket. So they had to get out in front of it uh, because that was going to be something that was going to be impossible to keep quiet. The more people that got in the know when you're trying to sell a team. So uh, when you're selling a team to, to get partnership, you got to make sure you can go to the table with the best of the best. And that's where Jimmy and Legacy Motor Club are right now with their thought process and going to Toyota. So uh, while the rest of this year is going to be tough on them, the future is bright. Well, let me uh, take this real quick, uh, Paul. Hey, are you a little bit surprised by the slow start with Ford uh, so far this year, Alex? Because, I mean, I really you would think Joey Logano coming off the championship last year, and, and then he won early this year, but he's really struggled. There's only one Ford in the top six in points right now, only three in the top 11 altogether. It, are you a little bit surprised by the struggles or that Ford has had, or is this still just too much of a small sample size to be able to, to make that kind of judgment? Um, that's a yes and no answer to that. Um, yes, a bit surprised because I thought short tracks and road courses, they would be a little bit better. And the second part of that, why I'm not surprised they're struggling just a bit will help fill in the blanks of my first answer is aerodynamically. NASCAR takes all the manufacturers to the wind tunnels on their own, does the testing, has the engineers from each team in there. They Ford's nose is at a deficit aerodynamically compared to the Toyotas and Chevrolets. So no, on on the second part of that, I am not surprised that they're struggling, especially on intermediate and high downforce tracks, because the Mustang knows that that is approved by NASCAR is not aerodynamically as good as Chevrolet and Toyota. So I think there will be changes, but I don't see changes coming anytime in the very near future. If you look back in the last couple of years, Ford was winning a ton of races and winning uh, a, a, a ton of stages, leading tons of laps. Ford was was in a great spot. Then all of a sudden, Chevrolets start running better. Toyotas start running better. If, if you look back on it, we were asking the same questions about Chevrolet just a year and a half ago. It's like, what's wrong with Chevy? They're getting killed out here. They can't even do anything. Um, so, yeah, it, it's the same thing. It's the ebb and flow. Heck, this goes all the way back to like the 70s and 80s when one manufacturer was pounding on the NASCAR desk saying, hey, they got an unfair advantage over us, so they go to work and go back and forth. It's just an ebb and flow, and it will be taken care of. So if you're a Ford fan, come off the ledge. Everything's okay. Um, (laughs) You're going to struggle just a little bit here in the summer stretch, but there are changes that will be coming. Paul, I almost felt like Alex was personally talking to me, a, he was. Ford, a, a Mustang he was. owner and driver, and <laughs> there you go. Alex, uh, in, I, I don't think I'm mistaken here, but you're you're going to call your first NASCAR Cup Series race on, on Sunday at, at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, but another first coming up in, in a, just a few weeks is is uh, the street course up there in Chicago, and, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes, and I've a little bit tempered my expectations as a fan because – I maybe just don't believe that these cars are are built for a race like that. What what are your expectations for street racing in Chicago? I think it's going to be good. I do. Uh, I'm with you. I am curious. Like I said about North Wilkesboro, let's get through the weekend in Chicago to have a better understanding. But I'm I'm the same as you are with North Wilkesboro. I'm very tempered on this weekend uh, because I'm just terrified of the racetrack coming apart. Heck, little light, late models have the track coming apart. We haven't even put the 3,400-pound stock cars and trucks out there yet. Um, but for the, the street course in Chicago, on paper, it, it is outstanding. We have to make sure, though, that these same big, heavy stock cars don't tear up the city streets. That is not, uh, that's not a, a pavement up there that was designed for big, heavy race cars and 18-inch slick tires gripping the racetrack in the middle of corners. So I, there is a concern what's going to happen with the, the streets up there in Chicago. But on paper, it's going to be outstanding. It, it should be a very good race. And I can tell you there's a lot of people paying very close attention to what happens in Chicago because there may be another city or two that is interested in NASCAR and they don't have racetracks. So what do you do? You put them on the streets. Uh, so there, there's going to be a, a couple of cities being very interested in what happens in Chicago and how it comes about. But um, I'm excited about it. I, I'm ready to get there. It's going to be a fun event. It's going to be challenging. Uh, it's just going to be great in downtown Chicago. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit apprehensive myself. So 
uh, fingers crossed that not only Wilkesboro, but Chicago goes very well too. Our sport has got a lot of good momentum and a lot of good things happening right now. And there's a lot of talk about the sport of NASCAR racing and for very good reason. And people are paying attention. The ratings don't lie. Uh, so I, I think, I think we're in a pretty good spot right now, but we just need to have come off without a hitch. Well, very good. Well, we'll leave you with this here, Alex Hayden. Uh, and I know it's almost impossible. We were trying to in the first hour, uh, Alex, try to pick who are, who are our favorites for this weekend for the all-star race. Of course, you know, we don't even know everybody's going to be in it to this point and everything, but uh, that'll be our last question to you here, Alex. Who, who do you think is going to shine uh, this weekend in North Wilkesboro? And uh, if Alex Hayden is uh, making picks, who, <laughs> who do you think is going to be? Who, who's your favorite? Who's Alex Hayden's favorites for this weekend in North Wilkesboro? And by the way, let me let me start with yes, this will be my first race called at North yep. Wilkesboro. Uh, my my first year with MRN was ninety seven, so I missed it by a few months. Oh. Um, but no, I I, uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I have I have on paper kind of what I have penciled in, and I'll give that to you. Um, I can tell you right off the bat of the current drivers that are locked into the All Star race. There's like six of them that weren't even born the last time <laughs> NASCAR raced here. One of them was William Byron. He wasn't even alive. Um, but with the rules package that we're running, the short track package, I got to look at the sample. What have we done already on that short track package and what will we have here? So that means to me, Kyle Larson is going to be a guy you got to pay attention to. I think Larson has got to be a favorite. Um, I, if I'm playing fantasy racing, he's one I would definitely put on my race team. I think he's probably my number one favorite. And then the other thing you have to go off of, because there is no history to base this off of. The other thing I look at, too, is which driver on new tracks here recently has done well. And in the last, I believe, the last three new venues, including the L.A. Coliseum for the Bushlight Clash, the last three brand-new venues, the first winner was a guy named Joey Logano. Uh, so this is going to be another first-time venue with this, with these, this car and this crop of drivers. Uh, so I really like Kyle Larson and Joey Logano. Take it for what it's worth. It's totally unscientific, but it's the, it's the equivalent of me looking out the window getting my professional weather forecast. <laughs> I love it. Listen, Alex Hayden, I know you're being pulled at by all sides. You're always so gracious with your time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on this little radio show in Eastern North Carolina. We really do appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And just have a have a good time. Now, you always sound on the air like you're having fun. I know you're going to have fun this weekend in North Wilkesboro, too. Thank you for joining Paul and I here on the Brian Hank Show, yeah, sir. Thanks, Alex. No, appreciate the time. No, it's, it's a privilege, guys. Thanks so much for what you do and putting this show on. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of it. I live in Goldsboro still, and, and it, it really is a good thing that you guys are doing. Looking forward to North Wilkesboro. It's going to be a great weekend, and this is a big, big weekend for our sport. Well, again, our appreciation is to you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Have fun this weekend, sir. Thank you, guys. Take care. There you go. That's Alex Hayden, Motor Racing Network. And, again, listen, we're just we're this little 5,000-watt radio station. Yeah, we're on five stations in eastern North Carolina with 252 ESPN, but for the great Alex Hayden, to join us as he does and, and is gracious with his time. Dude, he's you're going to hear him on ever probably on ESPN radio. You're going to yeah. hear him on all these other radio stations oh, might, throughout he, the weekend. You know, uh I I would have loved a little bit more time so I could get his yeah. thought with the thought on this. But um there the last time he was on this show, we were talking about Ross Chastain's move at at the Martinsville Speedway. Yeah. And his call of that is replayed in every promo <laughs> where, you know, you can you can hear race fan Alex Hayden jumping up and down in the booth with excitement. <laughs> he just put a video game move. And, and, and it, every time they play the promo of that, they, they play Alex Hayden's voice um, making that call at, at Martinsville Speedway. Well, he is the absolute best and very honored. I got to tell you, got to go back to you and Scott who are huge Alex Hayden fans. I mean, I knew of him. I mean, yeah. I listened to him, you know, obviously on uh, Sirius XM and on Motor Racing Network, but uh, you two were really the ones that kind of introduced me to him. And then Shane Albee mm -hmm. uh, was the one that uh, paved me uh, being there, who, who had his number and said, hey, he said, give him a call. I'm like, no, no way. Alex <laughs> Hayden wants us to call him. And it, it's just, you know, whatever, man. I'm a sports fan. Yeah. You are too. I mean, you are more, you're probably more a professional 
broadcaster than I am, Paul, but more than anything, I'm a sports fan, you know, and it does give me, it's like when I used to have the late Jerry V on my show. I mean, this is a guy that I grew up listening to in Charlotte on sports talk radio in Charlotte. So to have him on this little radio show blew my mind to have Alex Hayden, who how many stations are MRN on? Uh, a, a, ton, a ton throughout the country yeah. and then they're they're on a, a you know, just a lot i mean they're on uh i believe they're on mark's uh mark station yeah out, yeah, out of greenville and Newburn. yeah that's right yep. and um i mean they're they're all over the place uh throughout the country and then um the the mrm broadcast is is part of sirius xm nascar radio as well so i mean playing online and around the world well like i said man uh if i sound like i'm sucking up to him <laughs> well I am sucking up to him. I mean, uh, Alex Hayden just – and you hear – and he's genuinely like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. he is a good dude. You know what he does when he's – you know this, uh, but to the listener, do you have any idea what Alex Hayden does when NASCAR's not going on? Do he, you know? Maybe you don't well, know. He, I know he's very involved in, in Mount Olive uh, sports. Um, he, he goes over and broadcasts UMO volleyball and basketball and baseball and that kind of stuff just because he just wants to get reps and he yeah. wants to, you know, keep his voice fresh and all that. Hey, dude, we're so lucky. Like he said, also plays so a lot of golf down in Florida. I, I see from following him on Twitter, which I'm, I'm very jealous of. Well, there you go. Well, uh, uh, that's you. the kind of life that, that I would love to have. You, you just go call a NASCAR race on the weekend and then, and then you're in Florida on Monday playing a little golf. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Nope. nope. There's some good courses up here in this neck of the woods, too. Maybe I need to hook him up with. Uh, there is, but when you can go to Florida in the dead of winter, and true. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Paul Whittington, Brian Hanks here on the show this morning again. Uh, thank you again, Alex Hayden. Uh, Got to get a couple of sponsors in here, and then we'll, uh, we'll see where we go from there. But thank you to Woodman Life. I've had my life insurance with Woodman Life for more than 10 years. In fact, actually, about 15 years. I could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community is evidenced by its donations of American flags. Every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one here in eastern North Carolina. Well, not here in eastern North Carolina because technically we're in southwestern Virginia right now. <laughs> Thank you to Danny Rice and Jared Edwards of Woman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston beside Highland Furniture and across from Cell Automall. Also, thank you so much to Arundel Parrot Academy. They're the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Listen, uh, Rendell Parrot Academy, draw uh, their students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give our good friend David Moody a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. If you want to send your child to the best private school in eastern North Carolina, hell, in North Carolina, you want to send them to a Rendell Parrot Academy. Again, 252-522-4222. Thank you to Arendelle Parrot Academy. Thank you to all our day one sponsors. Parrot Academy, Woodman Life, Spence Automotive, Goeco Office Automation, UNC Lenore Healthcare, Lenore Community College. Thank you to the sponsors that are with us right now, too. Uh, Kinston Police Department. Paul Whittington, have you ever wanted to be a police officer? Um, I mean, there, there was one time where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. but um, Well, by God, if you yeah. want to be a police officer... This is what you need to do. Give Sergeant Moody a call at the Kinston Police Department at 252-939-3208, and he will uh, put you in touch with who you need to be in touch with to find out how to do that. Thank you to the Down East Wood Ducks, uh, another one of our sponsors, and just everyone. And we, like I said, we truly do appreciate them. i tell you what, do you want to talk for a couple more minutes, or do you want to save it for – we've got about five minutes of uh, open time before we've got to get the birthday game in, or do you want to do it at the very end of the show? I mean, no, we'll, we'll do it right now. Now coming okay. up, coming off the the conversation with Alex, uh, go for it. I, I I did like the the Kyle Larson pick uh, because he is he has been he has been good at um, at short tracks this year. But another reason I like it is because even though it was thirty years ago, Hendrick Motorsports last two winners at this racetrack Terry Labonte and then uh, and then Jeff Gordon. So if if we're keeping that trend alive, why why wouldn't uh, a Hendrick Motorsports uh, bow tie go back to victory lane this weekend? Yeah, I was here for that race in what September of '96 when yeah. uh, Jeff Gordon won the very last race. And I got okay. Tell you. So that was uh, five days, 
five days after my sixth birthday. <laughs> well, what do you remember about that? Uh, <laughs> very, very little. I, I do vaguely remember watching the race. Do you really? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was around the time. I guess 95, 96 was when I really started watching racing. Um, and then I was all in in 97, 98. And you were a um, Gordon fan, right? Yeah, I was, a, I was a big Jeff Gordon fan. So I, I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember watching the race. Well, they've been showing so many uh, on FS1 particularly uh, – all the replays and showing fans, and I had your mom and I, dude. I was doing the pause because I was I sat right at start finish line, dude, for uh, that race. Uh, probably about halfway up, which is about where I think we are on uh, Sunday, right? I believe so. And yeah. throughout the weekend, but I, uh, dude, with the the video quality of 1996, it wasn't exactly it wasn't even HD at all then. I mean, it's very you know, very sketchy. But dude, I was pausing it, and we were both doing this, dude. You know, squinting. Is that me? I don't remember what color shirt I had on or anything. I'm sure I had something with Ford on it, though. As uh, as no you doubt. know, no but, doubt. But uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't find myself on there, <laughs> dude. I am so excited about this weekend. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you, dude. And and I got to thank you for a lot of this, dude. I mean, you've really gotten me back into NASCAR over the last couple of years, and. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be up here if it weren't for you. <laughs> it's you know? been quite, quite the uh, the journey. Quite, quite the sports year for you because you know you you had turned off NASCAR for for a very long time because they left North Wilkesboro. Now they're bringing it back, and and you're you're all in at this point. Uh, and then you know everything happens with Dan Snyder. You step away from cheering for Washington football for a and, couple of you for full two full seasons, dude. And, and now you're back to bleeding maroon and gold uh, because <laughs> the the team is sold. Well, I don't know bleeding. I, I'm gonna. You no, know what? It's hold like, on, hold on. Time out. No, I gotta have some love for the for the poetry I just wrote. Uh, that, that was awesome. That was yeah, okay. very poetic Thank and. You. Uh, it was uh, you, even a rhyme in there. You didn't even know your what? How's that saying go? You're a poet and don't know it. Make a rhyme every time. Well, I always heard of you poet, but you didn't know it, but your toes did because they're long fellas. That's weird. Ah, you get it long. No, I, I understand. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird. I agree with that. Oh, uh, I will say this in regards to the Washington Commanders. Uh, it's almost like you know. I don't know. You're 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 still a young pup, and you're married. And you're but have. In your dating life, in your dating life, did you ever break up with anybody and be apart from them for a couple of years, much like I have with Washington? And then, you know, those old feelings, they start coming back a little bit, and you're like, you know, because I've, I've been through that uh, relationship before where I've, you know, broke up with somebody, and then you know, a period of time passes, and you're like, you know, well, let's give them another chance. It didn't work out. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> but that's where I am right now with Washington. I mean, dude, yeah. I gave up. You know, dude, I yeah. gave away all my stuff. Ask Diesel. Diesel's got a ton of it. Bud Hardy's got a ton of it. Randy Caps. I think the only thing you kept was like a cheerleader calendar. No, I didn't even keep that because <laughs> of the sadness of that. No, what I did keep, though, was uh, your mom got me a, a real yeah. helmet. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm talking. I'm not talking about a... a, a uh, yeah, it's not authentic. Helmet. Yeah, authentic it's an, helmet. The same helmet. They, I mean, dude, she probably spent three hundred fifty, four hundred dollars yeah. for that, or whatever helmets cost. And I couldn't give that away. That's the only thing I didn't give away, dude. Yeah. I kept that. Yeah. And uh, gotta and keep, I, gotta keep the helmet. Gotta keep the helmet, man. But that's where I am right now, dude. I'm excited. I'm. I'm. I'm you're I got, a commie, say, dude. I've got my toes in you're, the water. You're. Um, you're a commie. I, I guess I'm going to be a commie, dude. <laughs> drinking Bud Light and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I tell you what, let's play the birthday game. We'll come back after that, uh, and uh, we'll wrap up uh, the the Friday edition, the North Wilkesboro, the Galax edition of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Today is Friday, May the 19th in the year of the Lord 2023. We are live from Galax, Virginia this morning as we're up here in uh, this portion of the country for the NASCAR All-Star Race. You've already heard Paul and I talking about it all morning long. And look at this. My boys came up here to visit me in, in uh, my mom's hometown in Galax, Virginia. Good morning, John Dawson. Yeah, you see if you're that happy when you get our expense report. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, <laughs> it won't be coming to me. You'll be Oh, yes, it, it will. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Jonathan Massey, dude, coming off your 32nd perfect game yesterday. Uh, the first since March 21st uh, yesterday. I got to tell you, man, when you finish a perfect game, I'm, I'm assuming food tastes better. 
you know, the air you're breathing, it's a, it's a little cleaner. I um, mean, your baby's poop doesn't smell as bad. It's, it's, a, it's pretty good, right? I knew if he kept talking long enough, it would get gross. <laughs> I was just, you know. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, the thing is, when I, when I have perfect games, you know, businesses are calling me. They want to, in, they want to give me endorsement deals. People are offering to pay for my lunch. Um, you know, there's there's homeless people that are saying, "Way to keep that John down." <laughs> and he eats so fast when they when they take him out to lunch, they say, "Oh, you haven't gotten your food yet," and they order another round. Ah, that's, yeah. you know, there's um, probably some truth to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, women want to name their children after me. Um, well, they want to name it after their, the father. Yeah, that's not happening anytime soon, ever again. Oh, oh wait, oh, ooh, ooh. To save time, I'm going to say 55, 38, 19, <laughs> 64, and 12. But there we what go. if we ever had a 12-year-old? Uh, today. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. That would be interesting, yeah. You can't can't st- stand to see somebody happy, can you, John? <laughs> no, I can't. I believe that. Uh, Neither can I up top. Hey, we uh, go. Hey. Uh, so how was the trip up here, guys? You're in God's country now. It was great. We stopped at Biscuitville three times. Ooh. Um. We got you something, but then John got mad about something and threw it out the window. John! Jonathan Massey, perfect game yesterday, 5 to nothing again. It's the first one since March 21st. It's almost been two months since we had seen a perfect game. But uh, Dawson still leads eight days to six, but uh, you're making a run at him here, Massey. Well, Goeco Office Automation, of course, is owned and operated by Jock Lake. <laughs> Why is he staring at me like that? I don't know. You've... you've offended him in some manner <laughs> <laughs> he brought the hockey stick with him up here what the heck yeah you're probably going to get a bill for the alarm thing uh no big deal but anyway jock <laughs> pass leg and his, the fine folks that go with <clears throat> office automation are are uh, slinging out the best office automation equipment for nominal fees mm-hmm. um but they they want everybody to have a great experience when they come in because you're not just a customer to them you're a client which implies that they want to have a long-term relationship, business relationship with you. And if you want to get in on that action, you need to give Jock a call. Now, it'll be a long-distance call from up here in Galax, Virginia, okay? All right, let me see your phone. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Where's the show broadcast, Brian? Uh, in Kinston in Lenore County in is Eastern Is it a long-distance call from those areas, Brian? It is not, sir. Okay. okay. What's that phone number <laughs> over there, Massey? Uh, I've... I forgot somehow. <laughs> 252. 252. 252. 286. 286. 5354. 54. But I didn't forget his website. So those are goeco.com or what is goeco.com. There you go. So mm. check those out for sure. John Dawson, we've got four, count them, four musical hints for you here today. And I, I looked this up because uh, this, you know how we talked yesterday about Rick Wakeman of Yes being uh, in Yes over five different tenures. Well, this drummer has been the drummer for this band uh, for three different tenures. And I looked at it. It's ACDC. Cliff Williams? That's the bass player. I think I know every band member's name except Phil Rudd. Phil Rudd, indeed. Yeah. And I looked it up to make sure that this He's is. He's the one they they kicked out a little while because he was accused of hiring a hitman to kill somebody. <laughs> I like well, his style. I didn't, yeah. I didn't uh, deep dive that deep into yeah. it. But, yeah, he got kicked out one time and went out another time on his own. But he's back with him. He's with yeah. ACDC. Yeah. So, uh, Phil Rudd of ACDC. ACDC. Love ACDC. I prefer the Bon Scott years, but Brian, this this stuff's pretty good too. It is uh, okay. Uh, Jonathan Massey, how old today is Phil Rudd of ACDC? <clears throat> seventy-four. You say seventy-four. What do you say, John Dawson? Seventy-three. He was born Phil Rudd of a. Hold on. Brian is having a rhythmic fit. <laughs> Love this song, man. Do you like that I didn't do Back in Black or This, one's, this one's in the same uh, category. So what should I play? Uh, Shook me all night long? <laughs> this, one's, this one's fine. This one's fine. 
You sounded like him there, Jonathan. You sounded like John Dawson there. This one's funny. Well, because we, we did this when we had uh, somebody's birthday. We had an ACDC birthday. You played recently. Sin City for me on the previous show. Oh. Uh, yeah. And you uh, ended up liking uh, it. Okay, yeah. Dude, I like ACDC. Mm. Well, you said 74. You say? 73. Oh, I've already told you you got it? Because uh, you did, John Dawson. Oh, okay. He was born May the 19th in the year of the Lord, 1954. He is 69 years old today. I let the alcohol influence me. There you go. <laughs> hey, we've got another band here. Uh, hold on, let me find. You're gonna now. This is gonna be one you're gonna have to tell me a good song to play here. Okay. Okay. So if you tell me before you pick a bad one, avoid. You know what? Let's do this. He's the lead guitarist, second vocalist, and co-founder of this band. I'm sorry, well, I know it's the who. What did you say, the guitarist? He's the lead guitarist, oh, second vocalist, and co-founder. I'm assuming this is a good one to play, right? It's just fine. Yeah. Well, I'm down two to nothing. <laughs> yeah, because it is your turn. I here. know what year he was born. Can I borrow a calculator, <laughs> please? <laughs> yes. Should I go get mine? No, Actually, no, no. hold on. Just tell me. I, I can do the math. Just tell me. 1945. So that would be 70... I want to say 78, Brian. <laughs> I thought you were messing with him, but yes, you're right. Uh, he was born May the 19th in the year of the Lord, 1945, John Dawson. And I bet he knows that because I'm thinking that's the same year that Mr. Dawson was born. Mr. Dawson was born in 51. Oh, who was born the same year as your dad? Pete Townsend. There's somebody. Oh. No, there's somebody. There's a musician of some. Sting. That's right. There we go. Same year. I do love Sting. Uh, bass solo, Townsend. man. We're talking over the bass oh. solo. All right. Now, what was your question? Uh, Pete Townsend. <laughs> He's my favorite musician. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, I ask you every other one. I mean, I figure yeah. I, I don't know. I mean... I, He's a genius, right? I've been making the Stones look silly for about 55 years now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that for sure. Uh, where does he rank? Well, for me, he's number one. For anybody else, I could care less. <laughs> God. How you like that? that Whenever was, they do uh, the top ten guitars, he's usually around eight or nine songwriters. I think he's the best rock songwriter. I'll fight anybody. Okay. Better than Bono? Yes. He's not a rock writer. Bono's a little – that's not really yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. Better than Mick Jagger. Well, Bono doesn't write by himself. He writes with other people. That's true. That's true. Better than Mick Jagger. Oh, God, yeah. Help me here. Give me another rock writer here. Uh, Benny Taupin. Bernie. Bernie Taupin. <laughs> the guy that writes with Elton John? Yeah. Well, he's a he's a lyricist. He doesn't write music. So oh, okay. This guy writes better. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is a great cover artist. He's, <laughs> Led Zeppelin's the best cover band on the face of the earth. Who else, dude? we got to come up with somebody else. Uh, Makes Paul McCartney look silly. How you like that? You've kind of uh, – I, I still like the Beatles. Don't get it twisted. You can like them, but they're just not as good. Yeah. Uh, you, you've sort of uh, – yeah, that flame that I used to have for uh, the Beatles, you've kind of uh, tampered down some over the years. I'm glad so. I could help. Uh, you really have. You really have. I never really was a Rolling Stones guy. I mean, I like – I, I like certain songs. Yeah. I could take – if we want to go back into the 90s, I could fill one CD with Stone songs I like. Okay. This is awesome. This was, this what year was, was this? I think this came out in 65. While the Beatles were wanting to hold your hand, this was the alternative. What were the Stones doing right now? Cocaine. I, I don't know if they could afford Coke, coke yet. Yeah, yeah. Crack. What album is that from? That's got different feedback in it or something. Uh, it was a stereo version is what it said before I pulled it up here. Oh, it was from my generation stereo version. Okay. Oh, dude, here, here is the second best version of Behind Blue Eyes I've ever heard, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first. Uh, oh, uh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, you heard Limp Biscuit's version, right? It's the only one I listened to. Oh, I know. Yeah. There was a time, he's actually being very calm right now, John Dawson is, but if people who go back to our uh, award-winning free press radio show days, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember you almost coming across a table at me one time when I said that. Well, somebody so needed call, to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, 
So age is really working with you here because you're. Uh, no, I'm just saying you're, you're mellowing a little bit with age. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, I know, I know you're trying to get me to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll wait till we're off the air today. Oh Lord. <laughs> But uh, I do remember that one time. I think it was the very first time. Well, actually, this is when you and I were first getting to know each other. And I was like, dude, because I was a big Limp Biscuit fan. I have an autograph. Brother, I don't believe I'd have told that. Dude, somewhere in that closet or maybe uh, out in the outbuilding, I have an autograph. Limp it belongs Biscuit. in an outhouse. <laughs> uh, Limp Biscuit uh, CD, you know, because he's from Gastonia, the lead singer from uh, Gastonia. Played baseball at Ashbrook High School. And so I did a story on him, and uh, long story short, he autographed it for me. And and now it's worth less than it was before he signed it. <laughs> anyway, but the point was, I think I was actually, the funny thing was, I think I was quasi-sincere the very first time That's I That's why I wanted you. to attack you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, have you ever heard the Limp Biscuit version of Behind Blue Eyes? It's like in the old days when you just had to shake a demon out of somebody. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. And I mentioned that to him. And I, like I said, I, it was quasi-sincere the first time. Now, the subsequent 200 times that I've said it, you know, I do Since it just you've actually heard this version. Oh, I still like Limp Biscuits first. Brian, I'm going to punch you on the air. <laughs> May I play it? No. Okay. You would definitely cut that out. Absolutely. <laughs> so it'd be a waste of our time for me to look it up and play it right now. Yes, right? it would. Well, then I guess I won't. What do you think about Limp Biscuits version of Behind Blue Eyes, John? I've Masters? only heard it up here. <laughs> well, that is pretty good. That's what I think about. <laughs> so, the, I will say this about this version. For whatever reason, I, when I when I lived in Hookerton, I would go. My grandma's lawnmower broke because my uncle would cut her grass, and he ran over a pothole in her yard or something, and tore the lawnmower up because he drives like a moron. But anyway, uh, I would drive my lawnmower to my grandma's house because it was only about a mile away, and I would cut her grass, and I would always have my headphones in, and I would listen to Apple Music, and for whatever reason, every time this song would pop up. Yeah while I was driving, and I never had any objections to it. Oh, no. I, when I was dating the wife, uh, every time I'd pick her up on a Friday to go out to eat, who would come on the radio? This is when I could actually stand on Who would come on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> come on, other. Dude, that's funny. It's two to one. He says it's funny, too. Anyway, I'm down two to nothing. You're down two to nothing. You want me to keep this playing right here underneath? Oh, we got to keep it. I think we got another musician. Uh, No, actually, we got two dead musicians coming up. We've got a a live uh, comedian right now. It's a shame. Uh, And I was going to do five musicians, but I I decided to add him because I like him a lot. He really, he and Colin Jost are the only two people I can kind of stand on. Well, and I I still like Kenan Thompson too, but uh, but uh, this yep, Michael Mm -hmm. J of uh, SNL and. He's funny. I, I I have to admit, I've been hard on the show the last few years, but their weekend update is 85% of the time funny. Yeah. What do you think, Massey? 85, that's 90%? Good, and they've been doing the John Dawson rule, too. And you know what that is? And I mean this sincerely. They've been making some, making fun of both sides. Yeah. They may, But what I'm saying is the rest of the show maybe doesn't do it as much. But, man, they take as many shots at Joe Biden as they do at Donald Trump. And they really do. And they are mean spirited funny shots at uh at joe biden and the democrats and all that too well, but i find that refreshing in this day and age when god please don't anybody think i'm taking up for uh either side here on this because i'm not but that's what makes comedy comedy when just, you make fun of everybody john i'm just saying comedically to take the po- political aspect out of it it's boring to make the same joke against the same person over and over and over and it's actually more shocking and if whatever the term is now, but it's kind of more punk rock to go after the liberal guy. That takes yeah. more guts to do it. Well, and they and, do. And, and Saturday Night Live is supposed to have a little teeth. You go look at some of that stuff they did in the 70s, had plenty of teeth. Yeah. And it's good to see some teeth back in it. Have you seen any of his stand-up? His stand-up yes. is hilarious. I saw him on that bumping mics thing with um, Dave Attell and the other guy. He's a little blue. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just thought of a great joke Jeff that Ross. I can't say. Jeff Ross, he, he comes up on that and tells some perfectly politically incorrect humor, and that's, that's, I 
loved him even more. There you go. Uh, and that's why I wanted to add him, because I thought we, I thought the three of us, uh, you like him too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's funny. Michael Che, how old is he today over there, uh, John Jonathan Massey? I think he's quietly older than he looks, because he's a relatively young-looking cat. My favorite joke, he's, and I'm probably going to fix it for me if I say it wrong, but he says, in Arlington, uh, Virginia, a man was shot after pulling a prank on someone at a mall. Good. Next story. Yeah. Remember that one from a few weeks ago? I just loved I it. I actually didn't hear that one, so you're breaking that, that one to me. Though. That was a great, I loved it. Yeah, and I love their joke switch, too. That Poor is Colin. genius. It is Poor genius. Poor Colin. Yeah. Oh, he gives him some. Uh, gives him the free. racist ones to read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Che. 38. You say 38. What do you say, John Dawson? 39. You are correct. He was born May, well, you're closer. He was born May 19th, 1983. He is 40 today. He's a man, Jonathan Massey. I knew he was older. It just, he doesn't look like he, he would be. You're right. You're absolutely right. But wait, wait, wait. Uh, hey, uh, what? Well, hey, uh. Sound the alarm. How we need to John sound the Dawson. ambulance? What was that? John Dawson has a perfect game going up three to nothing here. One day, how about this yesterday? You had a perfect game, Jonathan Massey, and now John Dawson going after a perfect game here. Uh, our last two are dead musicians, okay? Uh, musicians who have passed away. He was a lead vocalist for this band. Oh, Johnny Rotten. Or the Ramones. The Ramones. Oh, this is Johnny Ramones, excuse me. Yep. Or Joey Ramones. Yeah, whatever. Bono. Is this Sheena as a punk rocker? Uh, no, this is a Blitzkrieg pop. Okay. pop. They all Blitzkrieg sound the same. Pop. They yeah. do. They really do. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. Music the Ramones. Let's go. Uh, I'm fine with the Ramones. I think I have a couple. They're a greatest hits thing. Yeah. No need to go too deep. One of Bono's favorite bands of all time. Yeah. They, do, they recorded a cover of Substitute by The Who. It's pretty fun. Well, you know the story. Of course, you got, I got to tie. You know the story. I know for sure, uh, Jonathan. But did you know on Joy, he passed away in uh, 2001, mm-hmm. the last person he talked to? Mm-hmm. Do you know? He talked to Bono on the phone, didn't he? Bono yeah. said he asked Bono to sing one to him ah. on the phone. And he listened to it. Uh, someone held the phone up to his ear. They put the phone down and he passed away. Mm. How crazy is that? I mean, he, he loved you too. I mean, and, and of course, Bono loved Joy Ramone and he loved the Ramones too. So I, I don't know. Just one of those stories that just kind of gets you in the feels, you know? He had a solo album out. You remember, I guess she may be on Fox now, but at one time there was a reporter on the financial news network called Maria Bartiromo. Am I saying that even close to right? I, I vaguely remember. He wrote a song about her, and the chorus was her name, Maria Bartiromo. He was in love with her just from watching her on television. He was a big-time conservative. Was he really? Yeah. Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone. Punk rock. Punk rock. Wow. Okay. What's more punk rock than, I mean, that, yeah, you know. I agree. I mean, it, it's kind of an odd pairing, but Joy Ramone. I mean, like I say, I'm kind of a greatest hits guy with the Ramones. They've got some really good stuff. I mean, okay. I'd say a good 20 song best of is right where you need to be. Well, he died, like I said, in uh, uh, 2001. So he died 20 years ago, 22 years ago now. And it's to you. You've got a perfect game going here, John Dawson. How old would uh, Joy Ramone be if he were still alive today? Ooh, we got another song coming up. Well, no, it's the same song. <laughs> 72? Oh, let's do this. Then we should do this. I want to be sedated. Yeah. Uh, you said how old? 72. John Dawson. He was born May the 19th, uh, 1951. He would be 72 today. My favorite Ramon song is We Want the Airwaves. We Want the Airwaves? It's on the greatest hits. And I like it because it actually doesn't sound like every other song they have. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was a big Ramones fan. How about the KKK took my baby away? It's a good song, but I didn't want to bring it up because I figured we would go into a nine-hour diversion. Yeah, you would. What was it again? We want the airwaves. Just type it in. Bourdain, big Ramones fan. Mm-hmm. And I loved all of his, I loved his, uh, his shows on you know, travel channel and some I caught some stuff. I've caught some of those on YouTube but the documentary they did on him uh, posthumously uh, Roadrunner I think is what it's called incredible documentary but it's very sad but does that sound like the Ramones not at all hold on no it sounds like a a song yeah <laughs>
was this them trying to play more quasi-traditional rock? I think they just came up with a somehow came up with a song and decided to go for it. It's got a whispered chorus. Are we going to make it to it? Dude, you're going for a perfect game here. Yeah, today, we got, dude. what, one left? Yeah, we got one left. Yeah. Oh. That's right. <laughs> All right. Okay, there you go. Hey, another musician. Man, you want to talk about great songs, man. I'm going to play one of my favorites, and you tell me what to play. How about that? All right. No, you love this band. I know you do. He was the bassist for this band for more than 50 years. Oh, Dusty Hill. There you go. Uh, he passed away in 2021. Play Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. Okay. I don't drink beer or raise hell. I just like the song. I said, I, I thought you would like uh, LaGrange since that's where you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically. Uh, what was it called? Beer Drinkers? Yeah. Just type in ZZ Top Beer Drinkers. <laughs> just let me hear my. That's, that's John Lee Hooker. I got that from him. But I still like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. ZZ Top, you like them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. Got that guitar, man. Had a little hair on it. <laughs> and Dusty Hill sings part of this. Okay. Yeah. Who's the lead singer? Billy Gibbons. And then Frank Beard was a drummer. Coincidentally, the only one without a beard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Dusty Hill over there, Jonathan Massey. You got to break up this perfect game that uh, John Dawson's got going on here. Dusty Hill also cameoed on uh, King of the Hill. I did not know As that. As Hank Hill's cousin. I knew Tom Petty was on it. I didn't know Dusty Hill was. Well, that's funny, though. Hank Hill, Dusty Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, all is easy top, but obviously Dusty Hill is the... Um, I've never heard this. 77. You say 77, John Dawson. Your chance for a perfect game. How old today would Dusty Hill be if he hadn't passed away in 2021? I'll be conservative and say 76. He was born May the 19th in the year of our Lord, 1949. John Dawson, perfect game. How about that? I've got to find the last time you had a perfect game. It was back on March 8th. It's your eight. This is your ninth perfect game, John Dawson. Mm, I didn't realize there'd been that many. Yeah, uh, you've had eight. <laughs> well, when you think your son over here has had 30. Oh, this is my moment, Brian. It is your moment. It's your ninth perfect game. Your first since uh, March 8th. Congratulations. I'll play a couple extra bars of this song for you for your perfect game. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, it is also today uh, three just awesome people, uh, three awesome women. Barbara Roque uh, used to be with the hospital. She's retired now. Today is her birthday. Love her. Miss her. Today is Vicki King's birthday. Uh, she is the uh, clerk. or uh, She, I don't know, she runs the county, essentially. She is uh, Michael James's uh Administrative assistant. She, if you ask Michael James who runs the county, he'll tell you Vicky King. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's been through some uh, health battles too lately, and has come out with flying colors and just an amazing woman. Love you, Vicky. And then my tenth uh, and eleventh grade academically gifted English teacher, Diane Swaim. We've talked about her before, Miss Swaim. Uh, the really the reason I'm a writer today is because of her. She really encouraged me when I was in high school to write and uh, mm. I wouldn't have I really wouldn't have become a writer if it wasn't for her and she's beautiful too I mean I had the worst crush on her when I was in high school she's just awesome mm. still lovely today even though I graduated 37 years ago I should stop anyway uh, happy birthday Miss Swaim <laughs> happy birthday Miss Swaim love <laughs> you happy birthday to Vicky King the awesome Vicky King happy birthday to Barbara LaRoque and uh, congratulations John Dawson your ninth perfect game in the history of the birthday game thank you Brian it smells like victory it does smell like victory it smells like the weekend too get y'all's butts back to uh, Kinston and Lenore County okay 
Okie dokie. <laughs> Y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. And again, want to thank uh, our good friend Jacques Passeleg and GoEco Office Automation for bringing you the birthday game every day. How about that? You were a part of history this morning, Paul. Uh, John Dawson, his ninth perfect game here in what, 863 episodes, dude? Write it down in the record books. <laughs> right. Might never be broken. There you go. That is absolutely true. Dude, what a morning. I know, uh, man, Having thank you so much for you being on here today, dude. And I know we both want to thank uh, the great Alex Hayden for uh, joining us here on the Brian Hanks Show today. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to chat with him. Uh, love, Always love getting his insight into the world of NASCAR. So appreciate his time this morning. What are you looking forward to most? Because we're getting ready to head to North Wilkesboro here in a little bit. You're, what are you looking forward to most, Paul? Dirks Bentley, Chase Rice, and, and a lot of on-track <laughs> action. Lo- love to see cars go fast. Dirks Bentley, Chase, those are country music acts, right? Country music singers. Uh, I'm excited about that, too. I'm sorry. Did you not expect hillbillies <laughs> to be in the hills? <laughs> there you go. Listen, uh, Paul, thank you so much. Uh, thank you again. Uh, just a, a great week of guests that we've had here. Uh, have a great weekend. We will see you Monday. You know new uh, chargers only cost like <laughs> I know. It's the best right? one I've ever had. Uh, thank you for listening to the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.